It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSOSS.com. At FFFSOSS. Twitter stream. Twitch.tv slash AJ Nick3. What up? This Thursday edition of the pie. We'll do some college basketball. We got a couple of matchups to look forward to at the weekend that I want to break down. We got some games to look back at. And then a bunch of other games that I want to touch on. Then some soccer. Champions League round of 16 first legs. Look back at some of those matches. We had a couple of midweek EPL matches with some champion contenders in there. So we'll look back at those. We got a Carabao Cup final to look forward to with Chelsea and Liverpool. We get soccer preview for that, and then a little bit about the golf world, Mexico Championship, and then how about Charlie Woods is going to play in the former. Uh, he's going to try to qualify for the former Honda, which would be really, really cool. And if his dad played, because I think his dad's Tiger said he's going to play one tournament a month. Him withdrawing from Riv doesn't, you know, help that, but it wasn't like a physical. You know, we know it was the illness. Um, so I think the plan was for him to play the players. Does that change if Charlie gets into the Han? I wonder. I wonder. So we'll touch on more of that at the end of the program. But some college basketball matchups to highlight. Then we look back at some of the matchups that have already happened this week. Look forward to some more college basketball Saturday, Sunday, and into Monday. Then a Champions League round of 16 recap. A couple of EPL games to recap as well. And then a full weekend soccer preview, including the Carabao Cup final between Chelsea and Liverpool and golf at the end. All right. Kick it off. Big college basketball matchups on Saturday. And I believe the first one's at noon with Houston, number two, going to Waco, number 11, uh, to take on Baylor. And that's a really great game. And then you have a big-time matchup in the SEC with Alabama going to Lexington to take on Cal's Kentucky Wildcats. So if you just look at those two games and zoom in on those two games, we have a Houston team that is fighting for a one seed. You have a Baylor team that's, you know, in between that 2-3 line that, you know, if they end up winning a conference or possibly winning against Houston and maybe again in a conference tournament game, whatever, uh, maybe they could get to a one line. But they're, you know, 2-3 right now. And then in the SEC matchup with Bama and Kentucky, Kentucky is trying to get away from 6-7-8, and I think they'll be, you know, a 5 possibly play their way into a four maybe, but, you know, around that seating. Bama is a team that, you know, what happens if they beat Tennessee? Do they play their way into a one line? I'm sure there's a lot of people that think Bama could be, get to a one line. Um, so these two games, specifically these two games um, on Saturday, because there's a bunch I'm going to get to in, in a second, but... Houston Baylor, this is not only a big, you know, a big game in the sense of who you're playing, state of Texas, in your league. You're playing for your seeding, too. You know, these are games where even if you lose, if you play a really good game and you lose on a buzzer beater or somebody hits a shot at the end or something crazy, like, hey, you tip your hat and you say, at least we can get blown out. You know, at least we can get blown out. Because the blowouts... When they put up those key losses, you know, if you lose a tight, close game and you played hard and 
it was a good game and it just didn't work out for you. Some, you know, some nights it's just not your night. Like that just happens. Um, especially in this, in this sport. I mean, this sport in college basketball, like anybody can lose to anybody on any night. I, I understand, you know, there's the DePauls of the world and the Vanderbilts. Of, uh, it's very difficult for them to win. Fine. But in every other conference, it's, it's tough every night. And especially if you go on the road. So for Houston to go to Waco, for Bama to go to Lexington, you know those are big uh, tests already. And the fact that you have a Houston team that is, again, playing to solidify that one seed in year one of the Big 12, where they're coming out of a league in the AAC where they feel like they would get disrespected in the sense that seeding, um, how other you know, pundits or analysts viewed them because they weren't playing in a, in a power conference. Well, now they're in the best conference. And, oh, they're they're at the top of the league in the best conference? Oh, okay. So, you know, there's nothing to say that, like, Houston's not legit. That's not The point is Houston can solidify that one if they go get a road victory in Waco. I really, truly believe that. Because even if Kansas or Baylor does win the league, like, this Houston team is outstanding. And I know they got, you know, um, the injury that hurt them. But everybody else has stepped up. I mean, Sharp is some player, man. And then they got Cryer, the Baylor transfer, who won the title with Baylor. So that's an interesting storyline. You got to look at uh, former Baylor player going back to Waco, transferred, all that, you know. Not really. It's interesting because if you win a natty, like you think – you have, you know, I don't know, not the respect of the town, but, like, you don't have to pay for anything when you go back there. He's going to another jersey to play against them. <laughs> That's pretty crazy, man. Uh, so, Houston Baylor, I mean, I'm very, very excited for that game. Um, you know, I'll have, my, I'll have my soccer on Saturday morning, but noon, one screen's got to get flipped to that game. That's for sure. I mean, somehow, some way, we got to watch that. I, that's a, that is an excellent college basketball game to start your Saturday slate at noon. And I think, what's it, 6 o'clock or maybe 4 o'clock, Bama, UK? Um, a game where if it's played at Bama's pace and the place that the pace that Kentucky has kind of played a lot of games, that game's going to go fast. And up and down and quick shots and all that kind of stuff and scoring. If it's played at a pace that maybe Cal would wish it would play be played at, which is Kentucky playing some more defense. I wonder if Bama, you know, is okay with getting in that type of dogfight. You know, I, we've seen Bama get into shootouts. We've seen Bama get into some tight games as well. But on the road in Lexington, if Cal gets his Wildcats to turn up the defense again, I think that's a completely different matchup than uh, they're ready for. So, Two great games on Saturday. We'll get to some more great games um, through the weekend in a second after we recap some of the early week contests that have already taken place. But had to highlight Houston going to Baylor and Bama going to Kentucky. Make sure you get to a TV for those ones. Uh, honestly, noon on Saturday. I don't know. You got to be running errands. You got stuff going. I understand that. Listen, you know, try to get them done earlier if you're not a soccer fan or say we'll do them tomorrow. <laughs> Cause, or after the game or something, because this is, I mean, this, I understand they're in the same league, 
these teams are really good. Like, Baylor is really – I know they lost to BYU fine. They lost on the road to BYU. It's a very tough place to go, if you don't understand that already, about BYU being their first year in the league, speaking of Houston. Um, but Houston, Baylor is going to be an excellent game. And then Bama, Kentucky, like, how's that game going to play out? Who's going to be uh, the big-time player? Because there are so many on both sides. I'm very excited to watch that one. So, Houston, Baylor, and Alabama, Kentucky, the must-watch games on this college basketball Saturday. All right. Uh, UConn Creighton was must-watch the other night, and UConn picked up their third loss of the season. Creighton, a big win. They shot the lights out. And give Connecticut credit because they did fight back, and they got it to 10 at the under four after they are down like 20 at the half, I'm pretty sure. Give them credit for fighting back and staying in the game, but that Creighton team shot the lights out. That's an excellent win. If you look at it, Creighton has had Hurley's number. Uh, McDermott has had Hurley's number since he's got to Connecticut and since Connecticut's come back into the Big East. Creighton's done a really, really good job, uh, especially in Omaha, but they've stolen some games in um, the XL Center or stores, wherever the hell that building is, right, in Hartford. Um, but give Creighton a ton of credit. They shot the lights out. And for UConn, that's probably a good, not like a good loss, because you want to beat the teams that keep beating you fine, and you want to win on the road. I get that. But that's that loss isn't the worst thing in the world, especially after they just dropped Marquette. So, yeah, you don't want to lose. You don't really want to lose the way you did. Um, but if you're going to lose, fine. It's not the biggest deal in the world, you know? So, I. Uh, I'm not. I have no issues with that UConn team. I think this UConn team could absolutely repeat when we do this segment, maybe in a couple of shows about who are the teams that can win the national championship. I, I see a lot of people seeing like 10, 11, 12 teams. You know, I haven't sat down and done it yet. Maybe I, I'd probably be around that number. Maybe a couple more. Maybe a couple less. But UConn is at the top of the list. Uh, they have that championship mentality. I know not all of them. You know. Who's coming? Castle's coming. Spencer's coming. So, like, they don't have the experience necessarily, but almost the whole other team does. UConn is so good. They're going to be fine. And I, you know I love the Hurleys because I love Jersey Hoops. Everybody knows that. Um, Mr. Hurley is a legend. I've been very lucky to be in the, in the same building as him a couple times. Um, very, very nice man. And his sons, I love his sons. I mean... I was a little too early Duke fan for Bobby. Um, but just growing up in New Jersey and reading about St. Anthony's and Coach Hurley, Mr. Hurley, and then hearing about his son's coaching college basketball, I was like, yeah, I'm rooting for these guys. I will I will always root for those guys. So uh, to see the journey, I, and I really hope it works out for Bobby at Arizona State. It's a tough spot right now. Um, but he's had them in, in tournament games and winning tournament games, so like I, you can't let him go. Like That would be really stupid because he'd have a job in 20 minutes. Um, but anyway, back to UConn, back to Creighton. Give Creighton a ton of credit, and UConn I'm not worried about. Talking about Baylor, Baylor went to BYU. BYU got a big win, and I know it wasn't um, it wasn't seven, I believe, so it wasn't that um, big of a margin of victory for the, the BYU Cougs, but that's an important win. You get a team that's won a natty in your building. You get a team that's one of your the best teams in your league recently. You're coming into the league. They don't like. They want to go to your building, have success, and be like, "Yeah, we we can win here. Who cares?" Oh, the Mormons are going crazy. Oh, the Cougars dancing around. Who cares? We're Baylor Bears, 
We win natties. Look at our coach. He's the man, right? But listen, give BYU. I mean, they can score it. They don't really play a ton of defense, so that might catch up with them, but they can score the rock, and they say, hey, uh, score as much as we can. You know, a lot of teams say, hey, we're going to stop you from scoring as much as you can. BYU's like, no, try to match us because we're going to go get buckets at that end. So you can try your best at this end. But we really want to score, so don't worry about it here. Uh, San Diego State, Utah State, Utah State, close, tight win. Good win for those Aggies. Coach Sprinkle, um, that team's really good. I mean, that league is really good. I, I wish I watched more of it, to be fair, and that's my my own fault because I'm just so obsessed with the power schools that like it's very difficult for these non-power schools to win championships. So like, I study the power schools to like you know hopefully get the most things right. Um, so I gotta watch the. This conference more, that's a hand up, accountability. Shout out to Bob's Sports Crew when they do that on the podcast, hand up, accountability. Um, they're the best of those guys. Utah State, tight win, good win, at home, scrappy, claw. Like, that's that's a win you look back on when you're in a huddle at a under 12 when you need to fight, and you're like, remember that win we had at home against San Diego? Like, that's the win you need to, to remember in the huddle. And you got Big 12 battle, TCU, Texas Tech, Texas Tech, just slightly, what, 82-81, I believe the final was here. And those teams got up and down, which is crazy. You don't think a Texas Tech team would want to score like that, but TCU can get up and down as well. So those were some of the score lines of the matchups early in the week. You got Rutgers and Purdue. Rutgers had their winning streak snapped by Minnesota, and now they go to West Lafayette to take on the Purdue Boilermakers and uh, you know what I've said about Purdue. This is a year Purdue can win a title. I know, you know, with Matt Painter, he's never gotten over the big hump and never gotten to that final. I understand that. But Edie has just continued to develop and get better and better and better. He's an excellent free throw shooter. I love the point guard Smith. He's developed so much since last year. I mean, he's had a really, really good season. Lawyer's been better. Um, Smith's been better. I like Gillis. Like, I like a lot of the players on Purdue, and I think – Painter is a good coach, and it's just he's a product of a really, really tough league that you get a lot of teams' best shot every night, and you should. That's what the sport should be about, right? Um, but they welcome in a Rutgers team that is going to have a bad taste in their mouth. They're going to want to get a win over Purdue because they've beaten Purdue. You know, they've had Purdue's number, this Steve Peichel, Rutgers, Scarlet Knights team. They have. They've beaten them. So um, now those dealing with the rack, it's very tough to go to West Lafayette and win. We know that, but... Um, that's a really good game. That's an interesting game. You know, I don't think people are expecting the Rutgers to go win it. But if they can be in it late, make something happen, and steal one, that'd be huge. But Purdue looking to bounce back after that poor showing against Ohio State. And, and I already talked about Edie's second foul call that changed the game, so I'm not going to go into it. You got Wazoo, who I haven't really spoken a bunch about because I, I've really just kind of eliminated the Pac-12 out of contention. Uh, besides Arizona, so I've been watching Arizona games and not really looking at other schools in the Pac-12 because I just don't, I, they're just not good enough this year for, for a league to have all my eyeballs on it and staying up till 1 a.m. every night watching a game from there. Um, but Wazoo, quietly back in the top 25, and here's an opportunity for them to say, hey, you know, we understand our league is, you know, breaking up and, and you know, people are going to, not thinking about Wazoo anymore. All stuff. We're going to go beat Arizona, and you're going to have to put us in the tournament. End of story. 
So I'm I'm interested in that game. Can Arizona, who, yeah, they've been getting teams, you know, best punches in the Pac-12 because teams want to beat them. They want to upset them. That's like their big game of the year. If you're not down school in that league, you want to beat Arizona coming in, right? Arizona's been waiting for a team that they can, you know, that's like capable of them in their league to play against. You know, Utah's down. Uh, Colorado's kind of down. We know USC's down. We know UCLA's down. Oregon's eh. Washington's bad. This Wazoo team might be one of the best, better teams in their league, and they welcome them into their building, and they get an opportunity to beat them. So we'll see what happens. I think that's a, a very interesting game because Wazoo could try to go there and steal one, and Arizona almost has to make a statement. So maybe they play a little tight, and Wazoo could be in the game. Who knows? Houston Baylor, we touched on this in the kickoff. I'm very, very excited for this game. I, I, I'm going to watch every second of it in my in, in perfect world, so we'll see what happens there. Who knows what happens on a Saturday. Um, but I think guard show, which, which set of guards can control the ball, which ones stay out of foul trouble to keep the pressure up to defend the other set. Um... And, yeah, there are some good bigs in this game for sure. But this is a guards game for me. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching that one. Duke-Wake. Wake, a team that has had some good pub in the ACC, um, being ranked in some spurts this season. They can score a big win if they go to Cameron and find a way to win that game. Uh, but Duke has had a nice little season besides that UNC loss, besides some other hiccups early in the season. They've had a nice little run here. They've had some good games in the ACC. And, yes, Carolina is the top choice right now coming out of that league. Um, when's the last time you've had a Duke team be under the radar? Like that, That's kind of helpful for them. You know, there's so many t good teams. Maybe a Duke being a three helps them, you know? So, um, find a way to go win. Find a, go to win. find a way to go win that game, Duke. BYU and Kansas State. Kansas State needs to start stacking some wins here because um, they've had some big wins, but they've also had a couple streaks here where they have not gotten a win to break up a tough run of play. Like, in that league, yeah, you're going to lose two in a row. You might w lose three in a row. You know, there's opportunities where you could go streaking negatively very easy in the Big 12. So you got to break it up. Like, nobody's expecting anyone in that league to go win five, six, seven in a row. That's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. The schedule is too tough. You're going to have to go on the road and win multiple games, and it's very difficult to win one game on the road in the Big 12, let alone multiple, so that's insane. Um, so I'm very interested in that game. Can Kansas State find a way to slow BYU down? Because if they can, they can absolutely win that game. But if BYU goes there and starts shooting the lights out, I don't think Kansas State can keep up. Iowa, Illinois, Iowa fighting in the middle of that Big Ten pack. It's it's them, it's Michigan State, Nebraska, some of these other schools that are saying, okay, the Big Ten might not get as many bids. We got to find ourselves playing maybe the last two nights of this Big Ten tournament, you know, to possibly get into a semifinal to get an automatic bid. So Iowa, one of those teams, Illinois, not so much, but this is a big game. Uh, McCaffrey and Underwood have scratched some screaming matches. Uh, uh, this one, McCaffrey's a psycho, and Underwood is a psycho, too. So I love when two psycho head coaches go up against each other, especially when they're in the league, especially when there's been 
uh, maybe some words exchange kind of a thing. Um, so this one's interesting. Iowa, we know, wants to play fast, get buckets up. They don't really care about defense. They're going to try to outscore you similar to um, BYU, right? Same kind of style in that sense. Illinois, I want to be a little tougher. Uh, Shannon, for me, is probably the best player on the court. And I'm looking forward to him maybe taking that game over. So Iowa, Illinois, good game. Cincy, TCU, Cincinnati, you know, another team, first year in the Big 12 quietly putting together a nice little season. So we'll see if they can go down to Fort Worth, and that would be a huge road victory for them. Now, TCU has done a good job of winning home games in their league, and that's a tough place to play, and Jamie Dixon has everybody ready. So can Cincinnati be ready to go from that opening tip and find a way to win a road game in conference? That would be a gigantic win for them. Now I think TCU holds Fort. South Carolina, Ole Miss, South Carolina, interesting team. You know, are they as good as a Bama or a Kentucky? Are they on the same page as them? Are they just a little below Tennessee? Where are they? For, you know, so like I versus Auburn. So they've had some big wins. They've also, you know, kind of uh, sputtered a little bit as well in this middle um, stretch of your conference play before we head to the final stretch and then into the conference tournaments. That would be a big road win for them. Ole Miss has to hold court. I mean, Ole Miss needs to win games and get back in the mix in that SEC for some better seating so they don't have to, you know, run a table for four days in uh, Nashville. Where is it? Nashville, right? It's not in Catalina this year. It's in, in uh, what do they call it? Cash rate? Cat Vegas? No. That would be no. Catville? Yeah, I think they call it Catville or something. Anyway. Um, Carolina and Virginia next up. ACC showdown in Charlottesville. If Virginia gets this played at their pace, they win the game. That will frustrate Carolina. They do not want to play it. They want to get up and run, get going, get buckets, get in transition, get fast breaks, you know, not play against set defenses. And Virginia wants you to do none of those things. They're at home. I think they will play um, or at least try to play to their style because that's the way they win the game. They know they can't win a shoot against UNC. Um, and UNC, are they going to be able to get out and run? You know, they have to see this is a, you want to run so bad against Virginia because you don't want to play against that set defense, but there are some opportunities where they almost are back defensively and they're beating you into running so you turn it over and make a dumb pass. So you almost got to watch for that as well, which is crazy to think about. But UVA has figured out how they want to win basketball games and they play to formulas. So they obviously know how other teams want to beat them. So they obviously work on some of that stuff. So Carolina is going to look to run. That's all they're going to want to do. Run, 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 run. If it's at their pace, they win the game. If it's at Virginia's pace, Virginia frustrates them and wins the game. There you go. Bama, Kentucky, we talked about. I think that is a Stars game. You know, is it the Bama Stars? Is it the Kentucky Stars? That's the difference in that game. 
Texas, Kansas. Texas has to find a way to win a big game for Rodney Tyree. I mean, Apsis, Hunter, DeSue, Mitchell, you got Cunningham, you got the other role. What's his, Weaver is the other role guy, yeah. They got players. You got to find wins. They're losing some games that they shouldn't lose in some games where you need them to compete and play hard. They're not showing up in them. So that's just not that's not how you're going to get it done. It's not how you're going to get ranked. That's not how you're going to get um, and have a run into the NCAA tournament. Kansas is so good. Kansas can win this thing again. Um, Self is an excellent coach, one of the best in, in game uh, adjustments and all that kind of stuff. So even if you're beating them, they can still come back and beat you. You know, with certain sets they want to run and, and matchups they want to dictate to and all that kind of stuff. So um, I expect Kansas to win that basketball game because Texas just hasn't played well in some of these big games. You know, the Houston game, they didn't shoot it well at all. Nova and UConn. Nova's quietly put together some wins. Um, and they're getting back into this Big East hunt for the NCAA tournament because the Big East, you know, usually gets, you know, their fair share of teams in. It might not be the same this year. St. John's is not where they want to be. Xavier's not where they want to be. Providence is kind of a question mark. Butler's kind of a question mark. Um, Seton Hall has had, you know, some big wins, but do they have the overall profile to get in? I think they do, but I'm sure there's people that disagree. So Nova's trying to jump some teams and throw their hat in the ring as, you know, that fourth or fifth team in the Big East because you have UConn, you have Marquette, you have Creighton. Those are the three best teams in the league. Who's going to be that fourth team? Who's going to be that fifth team? Uh, Seton Hall's trying to get in there. We know Xavier Butler had opportunities. It doesn't seem like they're going to take that opportunity uh, to get involved to be that fourth best team. So... Nova's got a big chance here. The only problem is UConn just got beat by a team uh, that beats them, and now they're going to bounce back because they barely lose games. So it's tough to play UConn anytime, but you don't want to be playing them off a loss, that's for sure. And Hurley's tweeting the shame Game of Thrones video. His face on Cersei's face, that's so good, man. That's so good. That's so funny. A&M, Tennessee in Knoxville. A&M, Buzz Williams could score a big upset and really boost their resume to possibly get into the tournament. Um, they're one of these SEC teams with a Mississippi State, an Ole Miss, a South Carolina. You know, not in the Auburn, Bama, Tennessee, Kentucky necessarily range, but maybe in that second wave where we're saying, okay, can A&M, cement themselves since the NCAA tournament. It'd be a gigantic win on the road in Tennessee. Now, Tennessee, they've had some big wins. They've had some games where they've jumped on some teams that haven't been ready to play. And I'm interested to see, especially when we get to the SEC tournament, how that Tennessee team plays. Because, again, Rick Barnes' teams, they can have fantastic regular seasons. They don't get it done when it matters. And it's not like they have a lot of new players, it's been the same guys. So what's the definition of insanity? 
doing the same thing, expecting different results. If you keep going to the wood with these guys and you keep losing in big moments, you got to change the team. So we'll see what happens with A&M Tennessee. You got Ohio State, Michigan State. I only put this on because Michigan State has to bounce back after the loss to Iowa. They got to find a way to win. They got to find a way to bounce back after a home loss to Iowa. Ohio State's going to be riding high after beating Purdue, you know, so we'll see what happens with them. But Michigan State, I know people are going to be crazy. I'm probably going to put them on my list of teams that can win a national championship. Because of the coach, because of the guards, because of the leadership, like, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense that they're not a really good team. It, do it doesn't make any sense to me. You got Minnesota and Nebraska on Sunday as well. Minnesota's a team trying to get into the tournament. Nebraska's trying to solidify their resume. So that's a big game. And Baylor TCU on Monday night. All right, soccer. Champions League round of 16. First leg action. PSV Dortmund. It finished 1-1. Malen got Dortmund on the board. But then a controversial penalty that Hummels was like, never a pen. Got the ball. This is insane. No chance. DeYoung. Converts it, so that one finishes 1-1. Dortmund do get a goal to come back home with. Now, I know the road goals thing doesn't matter, but it's still a goal. It's not like they lost the game. Um, you have Inter and Atletico. Inter win it 1-0. Arnautovic, the difference maker in this first leg. Atletico went to the San Siro to try to be cagey. Inter were ready for it, and Inter got the goal. Because if you draw 0-0, that's almost, it's not almost as worse as losing, but it's almost like you lost if you draw nil-nil at home first leg. Because now, it's just a one-game final in the other person's yard, in their pitch. You know? So, um, there you go. Uh, it's a big win for Inter. It's the slimmest of margins, as we know, one-nil. But if you go keep, keep a clean sheet at the Wanda, you're going to the next round in the Champions League, you're going to the quarterfinal. So, pretty simple there. Wednesday matches, Napoli-Barcelona at the Maradona. Finishes 1-1. Lewandowski got the scoring started in an awesome equalizer. Split the result. They will go to Barcelona in some weeks' time. Porto-Arsenal, it was nil-nil forever. Arsenal, just not really... After having some really big results, you know, scoring, beating Liverpool, a lot of big results. They go to Portugal and they don't even do anything. And so much so they don't think anything. Galeno, stoppage time, winner. 1-0 Porto, going back to the Emirates. They're in the position that if they keep a clean sheet at the Emirates, they are going to the quarterfinal. So those are the first legs. We'll touch on them in some weeks' time when we get ready for the second legs. Midweek EPL, City, Brentford. City went at 1-0. It was an Erling Holland second-half goal. Brentford played tough, played hard, stayed in it, but Holland at some point is probably going to get a goal. He got a second. It was uh, chalked off for offside correctly, but the slimmest of margin. Ederson made a couple saves. Tony had some chances. Wissa had some chances. Jansen had some chances. So, um, it's a 
really good result for City, obviously, to keep the pressure on Liverpool. Um, but they're, they're not going to tell you they played necessarily a great game. Uh, Liverpool-Luton on Wednesday. Liverpool went at 4-1. They got down again after conceding first. Agbene made it 1-0 Luton. And then a Virgil van Dijk goal off a set piece. A long throw. McAllister hooked in. Gakpo header in two minutes time from the equalizer. Gave Liverpool a 2-1 lead. Luis Diaz got Liverpool's third. And then Harvey Elliott, Liverpool's fourth. And that is a Liverpool side. Um, that was out without a bunch of players. A bunch of players. Weekend soccer preview. Carabao Cup final. Chelsea and Liverpool at Wembley. History of the competition is Chelsea's 10th final. They have five wins in 65, 98, 05, 07, and 15. Liverpool reached the League Cup final 13 previous occasions in their 14. They lifted the trophy nine times. 81, 82, 83, 84. Four P. 95, 01, 03, 2012, and 2022, where they had beaten Chelsea in penalties 11-10 after a nil-nil uh, 120 minutes. The path to the final, Chelsea wins versus Wimbledon, Brighton, Blackburn, Newcastle, and Middlesbrough in the semifinal. Liverpool wins over Leicester City, Bournemouth, West Ham, and Fulham in the semifinals. Chelsea team news, Sanchez still probably out, so it'll be Petrovic in uh, the goal. Probably Gusto, Diasi, Kowal, Chowell, uh, the back four, unless he's going to put Silva in. I don't think so. Enzo, Caicedo, Gallagher has been Pochettino's midfield, it seemed like. Uh, Sterling, Palmer, Jackson. I think Nkuku has to play over Jackson at some point. I, Jackson, for me, you know, Nkuku is the guy. You brought him in. You give him the big sh He's got to play. Uh, so to keep playing Nicholas Jackson doesn't make sense for me. Lavia, Reese James, Safana, Cucurella all out. Others are doubtful. Liverpool, team news, possible 11, Kelleher with Allison being out. Bradley, Kanate, Van Dyke, Robertson in the midfield. Endo, McAllister, possibly Elliott. And then you got Salah, Nunez, Diaz if they're fit. Allison, Trent, Sobosly, Jones, Jota all ruled out along with Thiago and Batacic, uh, Matip as well. So the big fitness test for Liverpool will be Salah and Nunez after they cannot go or even be in a squad against Luton. On Wednesday, what is their situations for Sunday? That is the key. Um, did two matchups in the Prem this year. 1-1 on match day one at the bridge, and then Liverpool had a 4-1 victory at Anfield at the end of January. So uh, Pochettino teams, Klopp teams, we've seen them in finals before. Uh, we've seen them in some big matchups. And I think for me... This is a final where Chelsea will try to everything to get a trophy because a trophy for Chelsea shuts up a lot of people. Um, it shuts up a lot of haters. It shuts up a lot of their fans even who don't like the way they're going. And I'm going to be honest. I think Caicedo, Enzo, and Cuckoo, Palmer, like Fafana, uh, Reese James is ever healthy. Chilworth is ever healthy. Uh, Colwell. Like, these are really, really good players. And I think it's going to work out for Chelsea. I do. Maybe not this year. Maybe not next year. But at some point, if they keep these players, these players are too good not to have it work out kind of a thing, right? So if they do win a trophy on Sunday, that would shut up a lot of haters, a lot of doubters in their own fan base. And it would just 
give them some ammunition to say, hey, we're doing something here. I know it's a Carabao Cup, but we won it against Liverpool. So now what's to say for Liverpool competing on the four fronts? Klopp's last season. If they win Sunday, they at least guarantee the guy one trophy on the way out. Kind of a thing. So that is what's to say for Liverpool. That's what I say with Chelsea. And for me... If Liverpool are, are a little fit up front, um, I know Chelsea have had a little bit of confidence, but that's a Chelsea side. They got drilled at Anfield. And I know Chelsea will have their supporters, and it'll be half and half in Wembley, but those Liverpool fans, like, going to, they're crazy. The Scousers when they invade London. So I think it'll be an exciting game. I think there'll be chances. There were chances on match day one. There are obviously chances uh, in Liverpool's 4-1 victory. So I think it will be a very, very exciting game in the Carabao Cup final on Sunday. All right, EPL, Man U, Fulham, United have been rolling. United have been finding results. Hoyland's been scoring. Um, and despite maybe some questionable tactics or 11s that make you shake your head, or Ten Hag's been getting results. And... Man, you have been winning. Now, Fulham come in. Fulham don't want to find themselves losing too many games and getting in conversations they don't want to be in, right? So, Fulham might go there and try to get a result, meaning a nil-nil, possibly. I don't think that's going to happen. I think there will be goals in this game because I don't trust United's defense really that much. I know they've only given up so many. Um but I think Fulham might go try to get a result. Give me 1-1. One, one. Crystal Palace Burnley. Crystal Palace is in trouble. And I, I say it every show. If Elise and Eze aren't in the team, they're not really going to win those games. And if they get draws, those are great results. Because Elise and Eze are the best players in that team. Um, at some point, they're going to be on different teams. And you're going to be like, wow, that guy was right about those guys. Um, and they welcome in Burnley. And Burnley's bad. Uh, I know Company is a good manager. I know they're going to want to keep him and try to come back up from the championship in what, two years' time kind of a thing uh, after a season in the championship. But Burnley are bad. Sheffield United are bad. Luton at least fight and try and, and could possibly claw out, but they're probably going down. So it'll be three up, three down, most likely in the Prem, which I did do believe I predicted. So Crystal Palace, a big six-pointer here. You have to win the game. You have to win the game. Brighton and Everton. Brighton have been a weird team. They had that streak of allowing a goal and scoring a goal. Then it kind of slowed down a little bit. Then they played a horrific stretch of football for Deserby, and they had a lot of injuries. I understand that. And guys going to AFCON and the Asia Cup, for sure, absolutely. Matoma's one of their better players. So is Adingra. So I get what they're, I get exactly where they're coming from, for sure. Um, welcome to the Everton team who... If they're down a goal, like, believe they can get a result. And even though they're not going to score four or five, they're going to play good defense. They're going to frustrate you. Deitch is going to play Deitch ball. And they're going to try to at least nip a goal that either wins them the game or gets them a, a draw. So that we know what Everton are going to do. So are Brighton going to just pass around them? I wonder. It's an interesting game. Those are two stylistic um, differences there. Villa and Forest. Villa needs to get back in the winning ways. They've had some streaky uh, 
results that have taken them from we're in the title race to let's hold on to the top four spot for dear life. Here comes Tottenham and United, right? Um, so Villa need to find a result against Forest. Forest. Forest might be a product that there are three teams going down already and they're not going to be one of them. Despite maybe not playing great football. So we'll see what happens there in that matchup. Bournemouth, Man City. Bournemouth have had some good spells and they've had some bad spells. Can they upset Man City? For sure. Solanke can score. They've had, you know, if Billings back from his suspension after the red card, I believe. Like, they can play. Bournemouth can play, especially at home, at the Vitality. Now, City... He'll rotate the side, and he'll have 11 world-class players or at least 10 and a half because the kid will probably be a world-class player in a year, Bob, or whatever. Um, so City will probably go there and win. You got Arsenal-Newcastle, gigantic matchup. Newcastle can really get a big result to try to galvanize this this you know run into the, to, to the final stretch of the season because they had a very good season last year. To get Champions League as a non-Power 6, that's great. Outstanding stuff. Um, big 6, Power 6, you know what I mean. Um, congratulations. But they have had a putrid year. Now, another another team that's been hampered by injuries. But guess what? So is everyone else. You gotta find fixes. Next man up, all that kind of stuff. But Arsenal coming off a loss against Porto. In the Champions League, after drilling teams in the Prem, we'll see what happens here. Wolves, Sheffield United, Wolves, uh, honestly, this could be a Wolves game where they look back at it, it could be like 3-0. Sheffield United is bad. <laughs> they are really bad. And you got West Ham, Brentford, London Derby. Two teams that almost have to figure it out, so we'll see what happens there. La Liga, Barcelona, Getafe, you got Almeria going to Atletico. Real Madrid hosts Sevilla, and Gerona hosts Villacano. Syria, Juve, Frosinone, Lecce, Inter, AC Milan, Atalanta, Bundesliga, Leverkusen, Mainz, Munich, and Rebel Leipzig. Tycho's going to leave at the end of the season, but he's basically sacked, or they're not going to sack him now because it's February, like the end of February. They're not going to bring in another manager. Because um, that would be crazy, right? Even though we just saw it done in Napoli. Uh, and then you get Dortmund, Hoffenheim, Ligue 1, PSG takes on Rennes, Golf World, Mexico Championship next, Finau, the big favorite. He's probably the best player in the field maybe he's not the most gifted one if it's like one of the kids a Hogart one of those guys I, I, I get it um, but he's the big favorite best player in the field and um, gonna want to win there now the Charlie Woods stuff is very interesting because is that Charlie and Tiger tipping their hands that hey if Charlie gets into this thing, that's the one I'm playing, not the players, Tiger. You know, I, I wonder how that's going to work out. So we'll see what happens there. I think they also have like a YouTube, not a YouTuber golf thing, but like a, you got um, Fat Perez from Bada Sports. I think Grant Horvat, who's great, um, who I watch his stuff. I don't really watch this on the Brian Bros or Busta Jack, but I know they're big in the game. So I, you got to give them a shout. But like Mike is in it, I think, Mike Morris. Well. So they might be trying to get into a PGA Tour event, I'm pretty sure, which is pretty crazy. So um, that's wild. So crazy stuff on YouTube. And how about Good Good the other day? had, what, they have 100K watching on YouTube and then went to Peacock like clowns? Whatever. What are you going to do? All right. Um, 
So enjoy this weekend. Some more college basketball to check out. Another big college basketball Saturday. You got Carabao Cup Sunday. Either Chelsea will have a trophy or Liverpool will get one for club. All that more on Tuesday's show. Everybody have a good weekend. Until then, peace. That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.